How did you turn a beautiful, fresh piece of turbot into a pale, lifeless turbot fuck-all? How the fuck did you do that? Apologize to the turbot because it died in vain. <sighs> I said apologize. Tabba, I Not to me, to the fucking fish. Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be talking into movies and the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else we can get our hands on. Yet again, I'm Jordan, a bloke trying to be known as the film fella online, and as always, I'm joined by the UK's number one competitive eater, and he eats food in case that wasn't implied the last two times that I fucked this up. It's Beard Meets Food! Hey, I'm back and I'm full of sugar today. <laughs> yeah. So you better strap yourselves in. <laughs> I'm full of energy. I'm ready to talk about this movie. Yeah, he's just been like firing around Beard HQ since I've come here. I've never seen him this full of beans <laughs> on like any any episode that we've done normally. He just sort of gives me a bit of a shrug and we sit down and get on with it. And this time he's been flying around room. It's because I've been eating all day. I filmed a video today. And not, normally I'm, I'm, you know, I've not eaten. I've eaten like 500 calories of yogurt and blueberries or something. <laughs> today I've actually eaten some real food. And then he was demanding food for this, but, um, you know, kind of kind of difficult for this one to uh, just whip up some. Well, well, I'll explain in a second, but the, the type of food that we'll be talking about is uh, a bit hard to come by in uh, in Leeds on short notice. <laughs> but other than that, you're doing all right. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm cock-locked and ready to rock. <laughs> well, um, I'll let you explain what we're doing in a second, but special thanks to Jack Parker, um, at Jack99Parker, I think I've got that right, on Twitter, um, for, for taking up Beard on the last episode. It's been been a fortnight because uh, Beard was out oh, and about filming. Again? Yeah, I thought I might. No, to be fair, it was my fault. Yeah, I was... Uh, Eating I was hot dogs on the south coast, weren't you? <laughs> I was down in the, uh, the, the lovely town of... Uh, is it a town city? Southampton? It's quite large, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, it, it was categorically my fault. But yeah, we uh, we, we put out. A t- well, I say we, uh, the film fellow over here, put out a tweet saying, "What film should we do next?" Um, and uh, this fine fellow said, "Burnt with uh, Bradley Cooper." Yeah, and we we both went what? And he went burnt. And I mean, this isn't an actual conversation because it's Twitter, but like. The way it kind of went is we, we'd never heard of it. And yeah. he, he also kind of implied that we probably wouldn't like it. And uh, he, he, he went far off. <laughs> he went far he hit, off. He it. hit the goddamn nail on the head. Um, but yeah, cheers for, for listening to this rubbish, Jack, and uh, for, for being the first person to suggest something. I know we've had others, but it was the first time that Beard's asked for someone to. I really appreciate it. Out, I, so. I, I like the fact that one of our, you know, what you say, 35 listeners <laughs> actually managed to get, get in touch with us. And, um, you know, we're, we're men of the people. So if people want to, it opened my eyes, you know, it's a film I've never seen. So that's good. If there's anyone else listening out there and you want to send us some tweets with what we should do for maybe the next episode or, you know, a future but, episode, let us know. But maybe maybe stay clear of any more like kitchen related films just for just for a bit. Like we'll come back. We'll come back right. If there is another one that we've missed, this is it'll kind of make a nice comparison for Chef that we did, you know, last time out. Like um, which was absolutely fantastic. One obviously, I'm talking fantastic in terms of our episode was absolutely fantastic, <laughs> and you should definitely listen to it if you haven't already. But also, the film is uh, bloody brilliant. Um, not quite the same vibes with Burnt. I don't feel, but. Um, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice. They're both about chefs. It's good to compare, I guess. They're two sides of the same coin, right? They, they, <laughs> this is like the anti-chef. This, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like an uh, um, a thematically opposed version of of chef. There's not much comedy in it. There's not much likability in it. No, there's not much uh, family values in it. No, am I am I going to do the 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 the, the blurb? You know, a bit of basic summary. Yeah, well, or no? what we'll do is we'll go in. Uh, it's, it's been a bit more difficult this week because normally it's quite easy to sort of pick out a scene. Like in Chef, there's the Cubano and the grilled cheese scenes that are iconic. That you know, like we, we've men- we mention him every frigging week at this point. But Binge with Babish <laughs> has obviously done a scene where he's made. X amount of food from half of the things that we're probably going to do on this podcast. I'm not sure if he's done anything from Burnt. You know, if someone wants to point out that he has, let us know. But yeah, a bit difficult to pick out scenes when it's all about Michelin star food and it's sort of, it, it's about 100 miles an hour in terms of the food that you see in this. There's never really a point where it really hyper-focuses on one dish. So we'll do as general talk 
and then we'll just sort of roll that into just random food related talk in the film because I, I can't do scene for scene do you think that that's fair it sounds like a, a, a great way to uh to, to do a podcast here randomly <laughs> <laughs> right let's get on with it then so that, so yeah you like you like doing the blurbs that, 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 but that that um the, the jingle it hits harder every week. <laughs> I feel like I, we need a full version of that song. Um, right. Yeah, am I doing the blub? I, well, I was going to say, I saw Lee last week. I went to my first gig post-lockdown. Went to go see Architects in Leeds, and uh, Lee was there. Did they play Doomsday? Um, they did play Doomsday, yes. They Love did. that song. They it's did. like the only one I like. But... I, I got in the pit and then immediately regretted it after. Thinking you got snapped we're in, up. We're, we're, no, <laughs> we're, just, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I just jumped into a yeah. load of sweaty people. Um, but, but I'm fine. I didn't die. So um, yeah, but Lee was saying that he was enjoying the uh, the little thank yous for oh. like the first five episodes. Well, little, you are welcome, Lee. Jokes and whatnot. Um, yeah, he enjoyed doing it. But yes, you can do the the spiel for for burnt. Yeah. You can right, explain okay. to people yeah. what it you, is. You ramble too much. I'm gonna do the go blurb. for it. Yeah, right. So burnt. Right, is a it's a film. It stars Bradley Cooper and actually quite a lot of really good actors. As uh, uh, Emma Thompson is in there, right, supporting. Uh, I forget the name of the the. Is he Swedish? The dude that plays the German, Daniel Bruhl. Yeah, that, yep. he's German. I think he's German. Yeah, All right. no, I believe you. Um, I'll and double check. We can't be saying you know, can't be saying fake news on this podcast. You keep going. I'll have a double check. Okay. And um, Spanish German. Oh, Spanish right, well, German. Yeah, it, that guy. Um, <laughs> who else we got? We got um, hit me with some acting names. Uh, we've got Sienna Miller, who plays Helen. Oh, She's an f- American sniper and layer cake. Yeah, who could forget Sienna Miller's in it? Got um, Alicia Vikander as well. She turns up later on. Um, and the guy, oh, what's his name? Uh, Matthew Reese. Is it Matthew Reese, the Welsh guy? Plays the opposing chef. Uh, I am not sure. I haven't put his name down. God damn. I've got I've got Omar Sy, who you might know. He plays Mikel. Um, yeah, he's who, a, yeah, the he, sous chef. Yeah, so he plays um, in one of the X-Men films, he's Bishop, and he's also the guy, Barry, in Jurassic World, and he's also on that detective Barry. show on Netflix called Lupin. <laughs> yeah. There's something in Jurassic World called Barry. Yeah, he's coming in a new one as well. He's been, it'll he's be coming in a new one. Yeah, into right, anyway, new one. Anyway, on, enough about the actors, right? It's got Uma Thurman as well. Uma Thurman, yeah, who's kind of in it for like three like minutes. ten seconds, yeah. yeah. And Lily James, who's also in it for like five seconds. Yeah, she, well, I mean, that's before she was really, you know, big and famous yeah. and stuff. But anyway, so it's got a good, strong cast. It's about a chef, um, not dissimilar to uh, the movie Chef that we talked about last week with John Favreau, which is a little bit more kind of uh, relaxed, a little bit more warm-hearted. But this film is about a chef who is a really good chef. He's learned to be a, a chef from a really young age, working, you know, like, I think he says 18-hour days at some point, which I'm not even sure how that's possible. But, um, yeah, he, he, he kind of got... He, he, there's a lot that happens before this film, which isn't really clearly enough explained, I don't think. No, it rushes it, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, but it implies that he, he, was, he was part of this really successful high-end Michelin star um, restaurant, and somehow it all fell apart. He got addicted to drugs, um, drink and stuff, and now, I don't know, he's, he's kind of coming back to... To, he's got two Michelin stars, which apparently you keep if you're incarcerated. We've um, got some, some information about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he wants to go for the third star, which I think is the maximum amount of stars you can get. And, and it's essentially about how he, uh, he... It's based in London, which is kind of fun. Um, and yeah, it's about he starts this restaurant up kind of things, funded by basically all his mates and ex-industry um, uh, uh, mates. His ex-industry um, associates and um, yeah, it's about his struggles to get this third star and uh, the, the things that happen along the way. That's that's that's, that's pretty much it. I went and longer the things than that usual. happen along the way, that's like every film and, uh, and, the, and the journey we went on together in the film. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I would say that that's fairly accurate. I also 100% agree with you. We have already mentioned and hinted at heavily at the very beginning that I wasn't the biggest fan of this. It's not awful. Man, I hate this it's, film. It's just not... I'm going to jump in. I'm saying I hated it. It's it's not great. No, no, it's not. <laughs> nice. Um, it's got good talent in it. Uh, Bradley Cooper being a bit, well... Bradley Cooper of circa 2015. I think he's pretty. He's, he's, it doesn't feel like he's having to really reach to be. Yeah, the, the thing with me about this film is that like it, it's 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 universally pretty pretty much it's universally pretty much been critically panned, right? It's really yeah. poorly um, reviewed on on Rotten Tomatoes and, and all yeah. that stuff, which is not. I mean, 
movies are subjective. I'm not saying that all films that are badly reviewed are bad, but this is a bad film. And you kind of wonder, I think, watching it, I think the key thing, the key problem with it is there's no likability about the protagonist. Yes. It's the only film I've 100%. ever seen that makes Bradley Cooper entirely unlikable. Like, he's played, what, a flipping raccoon who, who was just a yep. foul-mouthed raccoon. He's, he's, but he's still likable. He yeah. played the dude in The Hangover who was a, kind of a, a, a little a bit, bit of a douchebag. as well, yeah. But he's not... This guy's like... You know, normally when, when you have somebody in the film who's cracks-wise, he's a bit yeah. sarcastic, there's kind of a comedic edge. This guy just comes across like an arsehole from start to finish. Yeah, and it never... It, there's no resolution apart from maybe at the very end where he's like, ah, these guys are my family now or whatever chef bollocks. Yeah, he has like a Don Toretto end. moment. Yeah, but other than that, he, he's, he's a twat from start to finish. I mean, kind of, kind of, but also, by the way, I have no idea what potential noise may be being picked up. It sounds like we've got like some sort of like steamroller outside Beard HQ. So if you do hear that... It sounds like some kind of new mic drill is going to come through the wall yeah. in a second. Like somebody's <laughs> trying to rob a bank and they got the wrong place. Some really angry fan. <laughs> Someone that really loves Burnt could tell that we're dissing it. Um, yeah, Jack, if that's you, just just calm down, mate. <laughs> Can you hear sounds that? like we're under siege. I'm really sorry. This is going to be impossible to get out of the edit. So like, yeah, it, it's I was cur- I think it was a plane. Possibly, I've not heard a plane for a while. It's like, do the people go on holidays is, anymore? I think it was, it was. I think it was a military grade plane, judging by the sound of it. Anyway, One of those ones like where they, they have like the uh, scanner that can see us, like the heat vision, like see someone's like spying on us because somebody's, the podcast is terrible. Somebody's Bradley Cooper cluster bomb this place. Hollywood's after us. Anyway, um, I, I was just saying he's a bit of a douchebag. Try not to spoil it, but obviously there is always a big comeuppance in these type of things with these types of characters. And one of the parts that I put, you'll know what I'm talking about. I won't say it to not spoil it. But I just put, I'm kind of glad that he got fucked up in the end. Yeah. Totally. I was like, yeah, fair dues. Fair dues. We have no idea for what reason. I think it leaves it openly ambiguous as to said character's motivation. Um, we won't say anymore. But yeah. I, I, I just utterly unlikable, and I really like Bradley Cooper, so I was just like, he, yeah, and that's probably why I just could never get into it. Yeah, it's it's an intriguing film in 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 that like I don't I don't understand objectively how it was made, and you know in in the edit nobody kind of looked across to the next person and said, you know this film's kind of shit. Like should we should we stop and just not release it? <laughs> well, like, I, I don't get it because there's no empathy. You, you don't care about any of the characters, with the exception probably. Of Sienna Miller because hmm. you know she's a single mother. It's implied she had, uh, she's more of a, a protagonist sort of figure, isn't she? Because she sort of reluctantly doesn't like. Like it's kind of the normal hero's journey sort of storytelling with her to an extent. Yeah, I don't really think about it like that, but yeah, I, I, we should probably mention Sienna Miller. She's, I mean, the, the love story is so tacked on. I hated that as well. Oh but, yeah, I don't get that at all. That's no. uh, that's bollocks. But you can see it coming from about the, literally the first ever minute that he yeah. clocks eyes on her. I'm like, why? He doesn't need it. He doesn't actually need it. It'd be more refreshing, and I'd have probably enjoyed it more if it was just a mutual chefy kind of respect. Like they were just not buds just, at the end. They were just yeah. sat like sharing a slice it, of that pie that they make. It, it just ruined it. It, it kind of that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that actually because that that did. And yeah, look, we we kind of are giving away tropes of the film. But honestly, if you sit and watch this because you want to find out what the hell we're talking about, you're going to pick up on it as well. And if you do, I'd, I've got no, there's no help for you, really. If you <laughs> just do, don't watch, just don't watch it. I mean, like I, I would never normally. Yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Don't watch it. Jack, I don't know how you watched it to begin with to suggest it to us, but maybe, maybe you're really into your well, That's why you've been listening to this. I just really like Bradley Cooper. I get that, man. Like he's a, he's a stud. To be fair, if you, you love Bradley Cooper and if you had no other idea back in 2015 and a Bradley Cooper film came out, because it's kind of the height of his power sort yeah. of around that sort of you know 2011 2015 to 2015 it's kind of where he sort of shot and was doing all sorts and you, you kind of like if you saw anything with him at the time you probably would have watched it i just it just this film completely dodged me i don't know what i was doing during the time but uh d- definitely not watching this <laughs> <laughs> what i was gonna say by the way is i should we should mention the sienna miller thing yeah She's a, a pivotal character. She's kind of the supporting um, yeah. role in the film. And really, she, like you said, she's kind of more the protagonist because she's a single mom, you know. It didn't work out with a, a previous um, partner or whatever. Uh, she's getting back. She's on minimum wage, but she loves being a chef. She's kind of like the earlier version of what you imagine Bradley Cooper's character in this yeah. film yeah, yeah. is. 
and uh, but she's really kind of headstrong and and she's really good and she doesn't want to go work for Bradley Cooper but it's about how much kind of he needs her and in the end you know yeah it's a bit of a Fast and Furious moment when it's like yeah we're all family it's like <laughs> shut up man you've just you've sold out sold out all your friends you've just been an ass to them for for ninety minutes you don't get to say they're family now but um yeah she she plays a she's good in in the film I think you mentioned a minute ago about you can't understand how this film got made. Now, I do, obviously I've brought facts, and yes, they are easily accessible if you just type in burnt facts <laughs> on Google. None of this is like super detective work, but obviously the people listening probably can't be asked to go do that themselves, so I will, I will just talk about it for a few minutes. So apparently this film, I, I can't remember, I haven't actually put the specific fact down, but I remember reading it earlier. I think there is a list called The Black List that is like, for screenplays that are like they either haven't been made yet, but they've been circulating around Hollywood for a while, and back in like the early two thousands, the screenplay for this or or the you know like the embryo of whatever the this plot was going to become was like one of those on that list that was apparently really highly rated. Like it needs to get made. Loads of directors, producers, and stuff all wanted it. I, yeah, I, 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 again, I don't really understand, especially considering that this fact that we we kind of hinted on this the other week, and I didn't realize that this film was the film we were talking about to do with Chef. But this film had been in development since two thousand and seven. Wow. It was originally going to get made, and it probably would have been a, a hell of a lot better because it was originally going to get made by David Fincher, who you will know as like well, I'm hoping people will know like Zodiac Seven, Gone Girl, but also The Social Network, like th- those films that you know the highly esteemed films. Um, and he was originally going to do it in 2008 with Keanu Reeves. He then left it in 2010. Cooper ended up on it and then John Wells took over now we didn't mention John Wells as the director for this I'd recognized the name and I wasn't sure where I'd seen his name before there's a lot on his IMDB to do with I think it's ER and like TV series like that but he's also done the American Shameless series like from start to finish so (laughs) it sounds like he's more of a TV director that's probably done fairly well in TV but you kind of can see it when you then watch the film and then you have that information so Keanu Reeves was supposed to play the Bradley Cooper character? Yes. My God, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Imagine how what what harm that would have done to his wholesome image. What is his renaissance that he's, yeah. uh, he's currently having. The... Everyone loves him now, yeah, including me. But like, I mean... I... Yeah, no, a bit of a weird one. But also to do with that development in 2007, so the extra facts to do with Chef here, is that this film was originally going to be titled Chef, but John Favreau had already used the film a year before. So in 2014, for Chef. So the Weinstein Company, the less said the better there. I, I thought that when the <laughs> film rolls, and I'm like, oh God, not another one. They they bought the rights to the movie um, because it was originally a Sony project and they were trying to force Favreau to like cease and desist on the title Chef, um, even though he'd already made it and already released it. <laughs> um, so then they tried to get it to be cleared so that it could either be Chef or The Chef, which was both okay. But because Favreau refused to change it, the film was then changed to Adam Jones, which would have been even more vague because this film isn't based on like a real life chef called Adam Jones. It's not like a, a, no. a biopic or a biopic, depending on biopic. what you Vote now whether it's biopic <laughs> or biopic. But it's not based on any particular chef. Um, apparently, he took influence from people like uh, Marco, Pierre White and Gordon Ramsay, which the, the Ramsay bit is very evident in this film. Professional <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so that's the fact that kind of segues from, from last week's episode. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that um, our boy, uh, John Favreau, because he's our boy now, I've decided, <laughs> is, uh, you know, got the title chef. Yeah. Because... Uh, his film is just way better. <laughs> so the funny thing is, though, I did, I did think um, at, at the time I was thinking, you know, the, the one thing that it has, the, the only saving grace it has, is the fact that having wor- worked in not not cooking, but um, being around like kitchens and stuff, mm-hmm. um, doing like various professional things, well, reasonably professional, um, it is a really, it's a far more accurate depiction of. A, professional, a commercial kitchen yes. than in Chef. I mean, I don't want to criticise chefs. I'm sure they're not all mean. <laughs> but um, it is kind of one of those industries which seems to have uh, somehow avoided modernisation 
you know, regarding harassment stuff. Well, there's some interesting stuff to, to do with him avoiding modernization in it that we'll get to, yeah, yeah. Um, which is quite interesting. But it's funnily, you should say that because as with John Favreau doing his training, um, obviously his was more like sort of like the indie food truck niche American chef training sort of proper vibe cooking, that he went. Proper cooking, not like... Yeah, whereas this one, I mean, these these are proper cooks. So he's got, um, so over, his other influences other than Ramsey and Marco Pierre White is Marcus Waring and Claire Smith. Now, Claire Smith is the executive chef of Gordon Ramsay's London restaurant. Which is a Michelin, a three-star Michelin restaurant. So obviously they they brought her in. She trained Bradley Cooper for the role, and basically she was like, couldn't believe that Cooper was like so eager to like absorb all of what she was doing. Like he even wanted to know how she would particularly hold like culinary utensils and stuff like tongs and like what she'd do with a spoon. Or so we're, we're trying to say that like Bradley Bradley Cooper did a bit of a Daniel Day Lewis in this film. He fully immersed himself. In. Well, it, there was there's an interview when I was doing the research for this where he said when he was younger he would either have become a chef or an actor. Ah. So there is a bit that so to be fair to him, even though like he's utterly unlikable in this film and we don't quite rate it, his his effort in it was pretty good. Like apparently Claire Smith would do a lot of the, the food because it was all Michelin food. They would make it and apparently some of the people, the extras in the kitchen that weren't like actors for part of the film, obviously because they're extras, what the hell am I all about? <laughs> they, uh, they were actual chefs and apparently that was to add more pressure on uh, Bradley Cooper and his character that he, he was under pressure whilst he was filming the scenes. But what she'd do is she'd make the food and then she'd swap out, he'd come in and then he would do all of the, you know, the actual placements where they're putting like the sauce on the plate and like, you know, he's moving it and fannying about with well, it. Well, he's, sh- he's on the pass so he wouldn't be doing the making anyway. So yeah. I, I, I get that, yeah. The, I think, to, to go back to... I I wouldn't criticize Bradley Cooper too much on this. I wonder if it's like the, the direction because it, it's it's the script which makes him such an unlikable bloke, right? It's not the fact that it's Bradley stop, Cooper. Stop stop swerving around. He's a cunt. <laughs> he's just... But I don't think that's not. I don't think it's Bradley Cooper, right? I I don't no. think any of this is poorly acted. You can't say there's. I don't know. He's he's trying. Can, he's giving it his all. At least. I can just imagine this being shot and Bradley Cooper being like, "What was the director called?" Uh, I've already forgotten. Uh, John Wells. John Wells. Listen, John, do you think I could say a joke here or something likable or maybe I don't have to grab the uh, my, my, my future love interest literally by the neck yes. um, in the Not kitchen? Not a fan of that one. But yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, about that. That's the, I, I get the feeling he's probably thought that maybe this... And he's, the guy's gone like, no, no, Bradley, we want you to be as big of an arsehole as you can in this film. And I mean, if that was me, if I was Assault an actor... the woman. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'll be a total arsehole if you want, start to finish. But I think that's the film suffers because of it. Yeah, but that that part is so. I mean, when he grabs her, there's a part in the kitchen. We're not spoiling anything. Wait, she yeah. had, she's done, made a mistake, right? And I get it. He's trying to impose himself, and he literally manhandles this woman, and he says like, "You're a disease." Yeah. And and you know he kind of throws her, and she quits. And then it, you know an hour later, they're in in the throes of some passionate embrace. You know, and yeah. You're kind of like, no. I mean, no. that would never happen. Violent, violent tendencies. You know, <laughs> probably not a good no. idea. I mean, even taking influence from people like Gordon Ramsay or Marco Pierre White. Yeah, they've got temper, but I don't think I've ever seen an episode of F Word where Ramsay's throttled a woman on TV. No. As far as I'm aware, he hasn't gone the full Jeremy Clarkson and like just smacked someone. I think the closest <laughs> I saw was the idiot sandwich thing when he made that person put two slices of bread yeah, in their face. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's humiliating and probably shouldn't. It made a really good meme for a very long time, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still kind of assault, but it's not the same. I, uh, look, I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> let's start. It's not the same. I don't think I've ever seen one of those chefs do that, so it kind of takes away from the there can be aggression and dickheaded sort of remarks and how he acts in the kitchen but that that scene took me out of it as well did you know that um, bradley cooper's character is obviously he's quit drinking alcohol and he's clean bradley cooper himself has been sober since the age of 29 wow i mean i color me impressed you, you, did, you didn't ask you didn't ask for that fact <laughs> I just well that, that, that must mean then by implication that he was uh acting drunk in in the hangover then so he didn't method act that one the movie if he's not be drinking, yeah, that's just a thought, you know. It's kind of impressive, I guess. <laughs> also, also, he's uh, allegedly fluent in French before filming. However, when I was looking at, um, if you go on IMDb, you can find like goofs and stuff on there as well as the facts. So I just thought I'd click on them and see if there was anything. And uh, <laughs> I think the 
obviously with IMDb, because it's an international movie database, you can, it's like Wikipedia that other people put the facts up and stuff. So there's one person that has just gone into him and... Um, I can't remember. It's it's the woman that's the daughter of the um, the French restaurant that he used to work at that's died. Um, they she is French in the film, whereas obviously Bradley Cooper is American. All of his French apparently a lot of it does kind of make sense, but is also apparently a load of like gobbledygook to French people. But then at the same time, he does all that when he speaks to someone that can speak fluent English. But then when he comes to speaking to someone that only speaks fluent French. He then chooses to speak English, and when she does speak French, apparently this this user that put the comment on IMDb says that that is also gibberish. So well, I bought it, and that, that's all like, acting is trying to con people, right? So I thought he sounded he sounded French. Well, apparently he can speak it fluently, but this one one person on the on the goof section of IMDb is just not having it. At all. Speaking of IMDb, you know, I realize that a tangent is coming here. Go on. Which is a welcome tangent because this film is there's only so much we can talk about, but um. I found out last week that I actually have an IMDb trivia page. What? Yeah. That <laughs> you, I, I, you've been on this film podcast now for seven episodes, and you've you've held this information. No, from no, I, I only recently found out, and it's actually blindingly accurate. I have no idea who put all this on there, but I'm looking it at it now. Me. No, I, it was. <laughs> I got it up. I mean, I, I got it. I got the article up. <laughs> um, and actually, a lot of it is it says Compassivita naturally. Um, younger sister called Jenna. Which is accurate. Um, his his get this one. You'll know this. His previous profession involved financial products for around a decade. This is some creepy shit, man. Highest ranked competitive eater in major league eating um, from Britain and Europe. Accurate. Why is it on IMDb though? Um, it's because um, I have has a master's degree in English literature. Oh my god! Does this person know what side of the bed you sleep on? <laughs> they, they know more about me than the night. It's it has the it has the the fact about me not. Digesting mushrooms as well. Like, it's because I have, like, I guess TV credits, right? Because I've been in TV shows. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. But it's there handy it goes slipping in. It's been on TV. Well, TV is <laughs> naff anyway. I, I would love, I've been thinking lately, actually, I would love to actually try some acting just, you know, for banter. You know, like KSI keeps trying to do stuff like yeah. be a boxer or a rapper. Like, I legitimately think I could be, I could act. Well, if uh, if we ever get Favreau to listen to this, you know, if he does a chef too, get come on, John. <laughs> come on, give me a bit part. I could eat put... as many. You could, they could do the film. Could be all set at Christmas because you want it to be set at Christmas. It could be like a a Christmas 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 a Christmas Cubano sandwich eating contest, and you could have a cameo in it. Where seems you like, like... A flim- it's a flimsy idea. We need to go back to the drawing board with that idea. Let's not pitch that to uh, to Lionsgate <laughs> just yet. Anyway, what, what, we went off on a tangent. What were we talking about? Uh, the, the movie Burnt. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. <laughs> yeah, so as mentioned, normally we would do, let's stick a transition in and go to this scene, and let's stick a transition in and go to that scene. And, we, you know, some films that we do in the future might only have one scene, so it might be just one big talk about, I don't know, chocolate cake or something. In this one, there is a lot of food, like constantly, all of, all of the time. But not like any particular sticking point where you you focus in and it's like around something. There's a there's a few little bits, but it's too difficult to do. So I, I guess we just sort of stumble our way through whatever information you want to talk about. Can we not do a transition anyway? Because I just love those. Go on, we'll stick a transition in. This next part is not going to be any particular scene because we're we're really really struggling here. <laughs> so we're just going to talk about it for a bit, and I hope that's okay. Thank you. There you go. Bit That's of chuggy metal. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. Bit of swampy chuggy metal. Cheers again, Lee. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like um, the film fellow over here said, normally there are some specific, at least, I don't know, over a minute long kind of food, specific food slash eating scenes. Iconic, some um, might say, in yeah, some films. <laughs> I guess, yeah. And um, yeah, in, in this one, I think it's intentional, you know, that, that you don't really focus on the food because it's supposed to, I think, be... Um, analogous to you know how quickly they've got to serve stuff because it is you know a kitchen's hectic. You don't often get to see what they're actually eating, and to be honest, it's fucking um, hot cuisine or some shit, right? It's, I don't know what the fuck they're eating. I was just gonna say it's almost next to impossible to figure out unless they specifically mention what it is, and because they mentioned so much so quickly, I didn't even have chance to to note it down. But unless you know what is on the plate. 
where he's like putting the little, you know, where the, 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 they put like a little squiggly line of sauce and a couple of dots and then like one <laughs> bit of like a, a leaf on it or whatever. And then it's, yeah. it's done like chef's kiss and it goes out um, and it's it's all great and everyone applauds. I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's really difficult in that sense. Um, we, we appreciate again, uh, Jack, for, for throwing this one out there because we would have never done it because we didn't know it existed. But we will we will try as best to just talk about whatever we've noticed. Speaking of the, the food and just the speed, one of my notes for this was that part of this film is just a montage about a man who just loves touching and picking up food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who doesn't though? I mean, I mean it, it happens in Chef as well where he goes to like, the farmer's market and he's picking stuff up and there's, there's got to be a montage just looking at like... I don't know, a sexy aubergine or something like that. You know, like some sort of like really nice vegetable or like a big cut of like ribs or something like that. Or they always get a pig or whatever and they cut it up and they're always like, oh yeah, it's got rib. But obviously it's got ribs, it's an an animal. But they're looking at it like that. Um, But this, for me, I don't know if you noticed that, that it's that one montage where he's just started in the restaurant, they're, they're kitting it all out. It feels like it goes on for ages. And yeah. all he's doing is just like some sort of musical number of some kind, some sort of like background music. It's just Bradley Cooper just intensely looking at food, picking it up, touching it, talking to like a like a like a bloke at a market and then handing it back over and then picking something else up and looking at it. But it goes on for about two and a half minutes of just it's a long fingering one. some food, basically. <laughs> fingering sexy obligions. There is actually though, interestingly, in that little um part of that montage, there's a a shot of Rolla Walla. Did you notice that? You know the they have the it's um there's one in in Leeds at the yeah. Trinity Kitchen, but that you can see that actually the, one of the other kind of street locations in London. He does like his street food, doesn't he? I mean, I I know London's probably more prevalent for like like obviously we mentioned Chef the other week, and there's a whole culture in like LA and um, Florida and places like that about like vans and taco trucks and stuff but he, he does a couple like i think in london there is more like if you got camden now which used to be like goth central many decades ago is now just all street food stuff and yeah. like you get some really cool food down there and he seems to and typhoid because it's london <laughs> <laughs> oh, apologies to anyone that does listen from london <laughs> we please stick around <laughs> we need you um yeah it, it he he does seem to like trying out random food and then just asking people what's in it, which I kind of understand because like if you wanted to try and like he, he's always on about like he wants to advance his food and his palate and all this crap that he goes on about. But at the same time, I'm like, you're a Michelin star chef. You should just you should just be able to smell what the food is in, like what it is. Like you should know. It's like we mentioned earlier about the the souvet, um, you know, the, you know, vacuum sealing your food in like a steam bath it's like a, a, a right you know <laughs> i did like the part where he said um he, yeah because he because he's been incarcerated or whatever um it, obviously cooking trends shift we talked about this last week with chef mm-hmm. and stuff um and now it, it's it's looked upon with um with disdain that he, he likes cooking with frying pans which apparently yeah. is not the thing now but then he takes the piss out of her because he says she cooks in a condom, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it's a plastic bag. About one of the only funny things that he says in this I film. Like, do you know what I did like? One thing I, I did, um, one scene that I did, enjoy, I don't want to say like, but I, I kind of enjoyed at some level, is the Burger King scene. So yes. there's, a, there's a scene yes. at the beginning. I yep. hope I'm not um, stepping on your toes here. No, no, I, but, I've um, just put, um, justify why Burger King is better than other restaurants yes. and then I've wrote scene question mark <laughs> nice, <laughs> I'll let you notes. go go on um, yeah, so there's a part at the beginning where Bradley Cooper setting this restaurant up and he, he wants to get Sienna Miller in on it um, and so he invites her for, for a little kind of uh, chat about it uh, uh, Burger King um, and I enjoyed it because it was, it, it was kind of quite a sharp it shows quite a sharp sense of social critique because Bradley Cooper says to her um, explain to me why you don't want to eat here, and why is that we, we as Michelin star chefs, are allowed to charge 500 quid for a meal yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of five quid for a meal? And she says, yep. no, they, well, they use too much salt, cheap cuts of meat. Bradley Cooper says, eh, wait a second, because that's that's the finest type of kind of working class French food. You're talking about like your goulashes and stuff like that. And he, some other fucking examples I can't remember. Yeah, I but, forgot um, to write them down as well. <laughs> that was about the only insightful philosophical part of the film that you could. You thought, right, okay, he kind of gets that Michelin star cooking is pointless, and you think that's that's kind of like the essence of oh maybe there's a bit of a human behind him. But then yeah. he goes on for ninety minutes to try and pursue this stupid 
fucking star <laughs> from a couple, two bald dudes that walk in. Do, do you want the fact about the star? Yeah, I, I, also, by the way, the um, that, that scene was pretty much the only one, other than the, the turbot scene, which you hopefully, if you don't skip our lovely intros, you will have heard, and we'll get to that. Um, that was the only one that I kind of highlighted as maybe a potential scene scene because yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting, it's thought provoking, and it's Burger King, and I, I I do love a Burger King, so I don't uh, mind we, it. We've got a valid reason to eat chip food now because it's like French peasant food or whatever it is that he called yeah, it. He calls it something <laughs> like that. But, um, um, it, based on the you know the pursuit of the the third star, um, like some sort of I don't know. Thinks he's Mario, doesn't he? I guess or whatever. <laughs> um, Chef Pierre, uh, Marco Pierre White has explained. Um, I don't know if it, th- th- this was again on IMDb, but it doesn't explain whether Marco Pierre White just explained this one day at random, or whether he explained it in the context of the film Burnt. I don't know, but. A third Michelin star is a restaurateur's award. It is not given to chefs who don't own their own restaurant. So Adam could not achieve more than two stars working in someone else's restaurant. Well, that's the just the whole film exploded there. Yeah, yeah. So should be expunged from a celluloid history. I just, I mean, it's a film, and unless you did that level of research, or unless you are Mr. Marco Pierre White, um, you're not going to know that. Um, but yeah, it kind of kind of dissolves all realism for the film for me. <laughs> it does. It's, it's less of a jump than say, you know, um, Matthew McConaughey descending into a black hole in a in a stellar. So I mean, if you can throw that out the window, you can probably throw out Marco Pierre White's. At least they roles. did the research into the plausibility of potentially that being real, as opposed to this one just being bollocks. <laughs> if you say so. What other notes have I got? Oh, um, the the opening to this film, um, where he's doing. Um, it, Oh, by the way, is this film is massively exposition heavy. From from like the first half an hour is just is just an exposition train. It just doesn't stop. It doesn't relent. It's just like explainer after explainer. And like you said, it's still super fucking vague. Like it doesn't really explain what he did, what he did to these people, why they know him. There's even a point where he goes and picks up a chef from a from the prison because he's assaulted someone or something. Sounds like a really nice guy again. Um, <laughs> He didn't say why, um, who, how he knew him. He just sort of, he just sort of turns up and goes, "Oh, I used to work with him before, and I want him again." Yeah, there's, there's a part it as well. It rushes a lot. There's, there's so many odd parts to it. Like there's a, it's impl- it's implied that he's in debt with some kind of mobster yeah. goons, right? Yeah, who yeah. Uh, turn up and beat him up, but not really that badly. No. Um, and yeah, there are so many things. It's almost kind of like it's got a, a law, as in L O R E, to it. You know, like there's this all the stuff that. You kind of think you should have read some some kind of graphic novel, which explains this. Is there a comic book that came yeah. out before this? It's, like, it's, it's, it's kind of like watching. I don't know. It's worse than say watching. I don't know X Men Two before watching X Men One. Yeah, it's it's like you you can't. It's just all a lot of presumptuous. You've just got to roll with it, and that, again, that didn't help. But as part of all of that, what you were saying, where he's obviously all this stuff that he's done. But we don't really know what he's done or who these people are. The very beginning, the very first bit of exposition, where he, uh, yeah, decides that um, for whatever reason, his his penance for his sins in in France <laughs> is to fuck off to New Orleans and start shucking oysters until he's shucked a million oysters. Now, here's a fact for you: <laughs> on his last day, you're gonna hate this. On his last day, his notepad. He's got a little notepad. Um, which, yeah, I, I don't understand. But anyway, he's got 996,696 written down as the most recent entry before his final day. That would imply <laughs> that he shucked 3,304 oysters during his final shift to reach his one million goal. If he, if he worked an eight-hour shift on that final day without a single break... He would have had to shuck 413 oysters per hour, which breaks down to seven oysters a minute, or one oyster every eight to nine seconds. That's doable. I've seen I've seen the shucking uh, world championships. I mean, he's pretty he is pretty quick. Like, I mean, he's supposed to be a professional Michelin star chef. But what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Also, he just eats one, fucks off, 
doesn't say I've resigned or he just leaves and they're like, where are you going? Like, I mean, what an asshole. I had a totally, st- I mean, he was in New Orleans. Like, what kind of penance is that? If you sent me to New Orleans and all I had to do was shuck oysters, then I could just chill or whatever and, and yeah. do what I want. I'm, I'm in New Orleans. But I, I did like one part of the film, although I, I what, disagreed with it. It's, it starts off, it says, um, you know it's going to be an artsy film when it starts with this. It says, um, God gave us apples and oysters. Oh, yeah, I've got and you, quote. you yeah. can't improve recipes like that. But it is our job as chefs to try. <laughs> I thought, oh, how, 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 how deep. But then I thought, actually, wait a second. You can improve apples with lots of cinnamon and brown sugar. And you can improve oysters with basically putting fucking anything on them. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it loses you from there. It tries to, yeah, that, that, in fact, that summarizes the film pretty well. It tries to be all artsy and like meaningful. And it is like, trying. Oh. It is really reaching. It, it, I feel like they thought that when this came out, that this would be. And maybe a nominee of some kind. Yeah, I, I think got that it, I think it did get some nominations, but for nothing of note. And it won maybe one award. It didn't get a Razzie. <laughs> I mean, that would have been pretty impressive, to be fair. Going back to the food, that lamb kebab at the beginning looks pretty fucking good. Like, yeah, I mean, all the food looks good. I yeah. think in the film, none of it looks bad. Even I, the... I'm reaching here, by the way. We're just going to talk about random food that I did notice. <laughs> What's the thing he makes him eat off the floor? He makes a chef eat something. Is it muscle or something? Yeah. And then tells him to spit it out. But... Like, lad, I'd eat anything off the floor in a, in a two-star Michelin. Yeah, it should be pretty clean, shouldn't it? Like, Yeah. You know what? The, the funny thing is, I was thinking about um, when I was watching the film, I thought, you know what? I can relate to this because I've actually been to... Um, I don't want to dig the bloke out. Uh, fuck it. I'll, I'll dig him out. That, that guy that does uh, Man Behind the Curtain in, uh, you know, in Leeds. It's like a really... Yeah, yeah I've like forgotten a... his name, but he... Yes. Yes, I know what you mean. I think he's like he, I, I, look. I'm not. I'm not criticizing the guy. Was he a master chef or something? I like think that? so. He's, yeah. I, does he call it, his handle? Is it like hair metal chef or something? He's a, he's a cool. He looks Keep like talking, and I'll I'll figure it he out. He kind of looks like he, sh- he was in uh, White Snake or something. You know, like that hair metal band. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah. He's I, he's is a critically acclaimed chef, right? But I went to the restaurant. There's like a year waiting list, which I hate that whole notion. Michael think, O'Hare. Yeah. Yeah. I hate the whole notion that there's like the and I, when you get to the restaurant, there's it's not full, you know. So it's just <laughs> you kind of get the feeling it's all done for theater, you know. Like, oh, we're gonna keep you waiting forever, and it was like two hundred quid to try t- a ten ten course taster menu. And I, I, I look, I, I enjoyed the the journey of you know trying different things. So you're like, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to the next course. But you get something and it's like the size of your fucking thumb, <laughs> and you like, look, man, if I enjoyed this, I want to eat shit tons of it, you know. Yeah. I, I don't want to eat one mouthful. I, I'm just laughing. I've just gone on his website and it's an old fashioned, like, you know, a finger dial telephone and it's got either a lobster or a prawn just balanced on top of it. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's exactly the kind of shit we're talking about. That right? phone's probably edible. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I enjoyed the food, man. Like, I I liked it, but you'd, it, it reeked of... When I was there, I just kind of thought, like, you know what? This is for me. I, I just hate the idea of... Of like these chefs kind of cloying, you know, for this this approval from from people. It's food, man. It's like the chef chef has a much more kind of a hearty, more feel kind of good, morally astute um, message behind it. Because it's 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 like I said to you before we started recording. This kind this movie is kind of like the anti chef, right? It is yeah, because it's it's not about. Um, I just hated the esotericism of it. You know, like it's, you're not supposed to understand it, and. It's this whole sense of sacrifice to impress some flipping Michelin star dude. Um, when in Chef, it's it's all about, I want to make people f- you know feel good. Like, if I sit down to a meal, I want to enjoy the food. I don't want some fucking religious epiphany. I want I to enjoy the food. And he's like, I want people to stop eating. It's like, well, yeah, what? Yeah, I've, I've got that as well. I was just like, yeah, uh, I want people to stop eating. I want people to, to long for my food. Um things like that. It's like, yeah, that's, that's all great. Yeah, they're great compliments, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, in essence, food is to keep us going, isn't it? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. like yeah, no, I I mean, one of my, we've already mentioned it about 10 times already, but one of my notes I've got here is Adam Jones is an arrogant prick, isn't he? <laughs> so. it's, it's that name, Adams. He actually reminds me of me when I used to, you'll know this because I used to be a boss in, the, in, my, in my old job when I worked for a bank. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> I don't think I was quite. I never manhandled anyone, but I think you know. <laughs> no, you just 
yeah, you 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 pretty late, but you you go. Oh, it's probably half the reason we're still talking now. That's because you did your job. Is like, I I think it was with the the people that didn't do their job properly. That's, that's who I lost my rug with. Asked a lot of questions, but I did do my job. <laughs> Better to ask than than just perpetually get things wrong and cost people millions of pounds. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, bit of do you a... know what? One one kind of comparison I did make as well. If you'll allow me the indulgence, I'll go for it. Just simply because we're never going to get to talk about this movie on this podcast because there's no real food scenes in it. Um, it um, you know the movie Whiplash, and if you say fucking yes, no, I'm Whiplash is an excellent film. Yeah, yes. As long as there are no no follow up questions from me, yeah. <laughs> Looks like you're lying about having seen it. What? Yeah, no, no, I love that film. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Um, yeah. So you know the scene where Bradley Cooper gets beat up by those um not particularly tough looking mob goons. Yes. Um, and he, he returns to cook with. Kind of a bloodied forehead and a probable concussion. You oh, imagine we're you, you getting whiplash vibes, but like yeah, the yeah. poor man's whiplash. Yeah, yeah. It made me think yeah. of that scene in, in Whiplash where where Andrew comes in to play the drums in the the jazz contest. Yeah. Spoilers, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> he plays I mean, drums is a film of <laughs> If you haven't seen Whiplash, then you need to just reassess your life, really. But um, yeah, it reminded me of that because he is so determined to see. You know, yeah. to um, yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's an excellent scene. It's, yeah. uh, but the, but that one drives tension and shock and uh, there's just something about that whole scene and that dynamic between him and um oh christ i forgot his bloody name <laughs> jk simmons jk simmons what am i doing miles like teller, man. I, lo- I love miles teller as yeah, well miles teller is fantastic jk simmons is uh yeah long may keep popping up in everything how, well, how, how shredded is he as well the dude oh, is like 70 and he's like he's more jack than i am yeah he's he's brilliant i absolutely love him but um yeah that that whole gravity and the gravitas of that whole scene and the way that the back and forth I, we're going on a whiplash here but there's no food in whiplash <laughs> i think there's, so, there's a di- there's a little dynasty in the beginning where yeah, he's talking there is. is it not something to do with a, a vending machine in that or am I making he eats that popcorn up? as well we, uh, but that would be yeah. a <laughs> <laughs> really stretching it I guarantee I would be more enthusiastic about Whiplash the co- popcorn eating scene in that <laughs> than I would be about Bradley Cooper I don't know making fucking emu soup or whatever the fuck t- telling like. people that consistency is death and <laughs> like all yeah. things like that yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, look, other other food scenes we can pick out. I mentioned it earlier. There's the the, the turbot scene, which is at the beginning we, of this. We've podcast. got to talk about that. It's it's in brilliant. He basically he basically goes full on Gordon Ramsay, and it's before he assaults her and everything like that. But um, where he's just basically giving everyone shit and telling everyone that they're the worst <laughs> human beings on the planet, even though it's clearly him. Um, but yeah, she. And then, and then what's worse about that scene is that scene carries on for a little bit longer because after that she then I, I've put in my notes turbot torture poor kid because her daughter then has to eat like <laughs> t- like it, she's like what five or whatever or something like that like a young sweet innocent little girl whose mum is now just like ferociously cooking turbot every morning yeah. to try and make it stinks in that house yeah it probably stinks <laughs> also why are you asking a, a kid who's got like a you know five to eight year old palate whether they eat fish fingers, probably. Like, I mean, obviously, she's like a sous chef and she works in that restaurant. She probably makes a kid some really nice food. But even so, that kid is not going to know the difference between one turbot from one day to the turbot the next day. It it just. I don't know that I've ever eaten turbot either. No, I uh, maybe I might have done. I feel like I might have done. Not knowing it's just I a white what it fish. Like. It's just a regular white yeah, fish. It's good to yeah, taste I, like cod. I, I feel like I've eaten it before. I'm I'm sure I have, and it's just like any other frigging white fish so yeah I, I don't i don't know but that is yeah it just tells her that it died in vain which is kind of sad apologize to the turban yeah it's uh that's an, it, it, yeah it's the, i thought at that, that point i thought oh right i, I got it now like, it's gonna kind of switch to like a kind of a black comedy yeah but it didn't it was just no. him being an, 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 an ass no yeah um so that's that's kind of a scene i guess and like yeah, I couldn't say no more about it. Um, couldn't say no more about it? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. It's a bit... Couldn't say any more about it. Okay. <laughs> D- double negative. Um, the chocolate cake looked banging, is what I put. It actually looked really nice. Although, one of the facts um, from another disgruntled uh, <laughs> another disgruntled IMDB commenter was that um, when Adam is making the chocolate cake... Not me. I, not yeah. him. I mean, I've never seen this Adam make a chocolate cake, but if you want to make one for next episode, go right. We could do Matilda. You could make us a chocolate Matilda, cake. That's a good one. Um, with some sweat. Anyway, um, 
when when Adam Jones, so Bradley Cooper, is making the chocolate cake, he blows yellow powder onto the cake. A professional chef would never blow on the food. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that, but I thought maybe maybe that's is that a thing that like you know really good chefs are just allowed to get away with because. But I did think, I mean, I'm all right. When it comes to food Heston hygiene... Heston would probably spit in it. That's well. yeah, <laughs> so, like, meant to do it. But I, I, I kind of thought, like, to me, you know, that whole food hygiene thing, I think, goes too far. You know, I, I have a fully functioning immune system. So I, if you blew on something, I would still eat it. Like, if there was a Five Guys right there, you blew on it, I'm still eating it. But um, I did think We're that, not testing this. <laughs> well, there's no Five Guys here, right? But, um, yeah, I, I did think that was a, a bit odd. It was kind of quite close to it, and it looked like a bit of a wet blow, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit what? It's a bit weird, a bit wet. I also put a note that the the Michelin folks sound like the Men in Black. <laughs> like it's just, I'm I'm scraping barrel now. I'm coming to. I don't know if you've got any any more things you want to say. I'm just sort of rattling through what we've got. But yeah, like what the hell is that? I haven't even checked to see if it's true. I kind of want it to be like true that like these two people just turn up and act really fucking weird at restaurants. <laughs> what, what, what are the rules? So they say it, apparently turn up at a certain time. Yeah, if there are any restaurateurs listening, just kind of pay mind to this because if if this is true, this could be the one useful saving grace of this film. And this podcast, when, yeah, and this podcast <laughs> to tell you that um, if a Michelin um, inspection is about to happen. Then one guy, two guys are going to turn up, but it could be a woman also. Um, but, you know, two people are going to turn up. They're going to both be dressed in suits. One will go to the bar, one won't. One will go to the bar, one won't. They'll order water. They will order, yeah, two glasses of not just any, not sparkling water, are going to get just plain tap water. Yeah. Um, Check those pH balances. One's going to get the tasting menu, one's going to get a la carte. I mean, I don't know that every restaurant even has one. will put a fork on the floor, but make sure not to bang it on the floor or drop it so that you're paying attention to make sure that you've seen that there's a bit of cutlery on the floor. Yeah. Um, one orders, like, certain wine, and the other one will order... It, it's A half bottle shit. of red wine. It's absolutely <laughs> bad That can't shit. be right. What the fuck they do? Pour half of it out. Also, we're getting is from that is that vibes of when my friends, I one of my friends way back in the day when you did your first ever like Big Mac challenge when I sort of helped hook you up with all the Big Macs damn, for that. that was a long time ago. Um, they they were telling me about like mystery shoppers that go in there, and my my brother worked at McDonald's as we mentioned before, and like the mystery shopper thing, like where you can like spot them a mile off because they do like a very particular and specific thing, but yet you're supposed to not know that they're a mystery shopper, even though they they're doing something really weird when they come to the. I can't remember specifically what it is. Sometimes they'll ask for like. I can't remember what the particular wording is, but they'll ask for a burger, and what it basically means is they want it all fresh, all cooked. There and so even if they've got to wait for it, want a fucking McDonald's? Yes, you ain't getting that, are you? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, the, well, if you want to get you, because I think they get like little bonuses and things like that. Like the the employee that does it, it can get a voucher or something like that. If they wow, do it. yeah, no, wow, oh, wow, oh, a wow. voucher. <laughs> we almost went all Owen Wilson there. <laughs> wow, um, but yeah, um, that that was an interesting. Bit. I also thought as well, um, because obviously he's an ex-drug user or whatever, that I, I didn't really follow exactly who was funding and why they needed his blood, but uh, Emma Thompson goes a bit frigging vampire in this because they're tapping off so much blood. Like, every week, they're just like, yeah, you need a blood test, yeah, you need a blood test, yeah, you need a blood test, yeah, you need a blood Like, every single Friday. I'm surprised yeah. that the guy, like, didn't rock up in the final scene just like a husk. She tries to take blood in his fucking spinal fluid or something. And she's, like, I don't understand why she's... Like, I, I saw her character. I've got a character here. I got, we... I got that part. It's because the... the, the He's trying to set up this restaurant, right? But he's got yeah. no money. So it's funded by these people, but these yeah. people know he's an addict. So right. they want to make sure that he's... He just kind of rushed over it. Like, I kind of... I, yeah. did, I did piece it together. Like, I'm not an idiot. Contrary to, to popular belief, I'm not an idiot. Contrary to your haircut. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Similar to yours. <laughs> um, Dr. Ross Hild that she plays. Yeah, she kind of just appears in it. Becomes like she's almost like a therapist, but also like an actual doctor. She's not uh, like, free, basically, without the makeup. She, she's there to help him. She just does, yeah, she just does everything, yeah. I mean, she she does a, a typical Emma Thompson role, pretty much. She just, it's just Emma Thompson playing Emma Thompson, really. I think the only other food scene that we can mention is the birthday cake scene. Yeah, bit, yeah. That, it does turn a it. Yeah, it does... It turns a corner a bit at that, at that point. Well, for about five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not for a long time. Until it turns back. 
Um, I can't remember what it is that he says. Oh, she. Um, so the little girl is um, Sienna Miller's daughter. Yeah, Sienna Miller's daughter. And basically, he uh, earlier on in the film denies her the opportunity to like have a day off because she, she, she she's puts too the holiday good. request. He says, "No, you're working with me, Sunday Jim." Yeah, because uh, uh, he says something. I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like the problem with being too good is that you're indispensable or something like that. That's what people uh, said to me in the comments uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every week. Um, I'm just waiting for it for this podcast as well, and then we're fine. You know, uh, we're, some, we're entirely dispensable. Give, give, give me some meaning. Um, yeah, he denies her that, and then she has to bring a daughter. Like this was coming a mile off. Like as soon as that scene happened, I was like, the daughter's going to have like this this heartwarming moment with him later on, and it does happen. She's having having. We haven't even really mentioned Daniel Brühl that much. He's fantastic in this film. To be fair, he doesn't oh, really have good. much to do, but he's brilliant in everything. What's that? What else has he been in? What's what? One of his, tell me one of his like. Well, he plays or... he plays Baron Zemo in Civil War, um, Captain America Civil War. And he's also mm-hmm. obviously in the Captain America. It's not Captain America. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Give me something non fucking comic. Um, <laughs> Glorious bastards. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He's he's fantastic in everything that he's in. But yeah, he he's having um a meal like a Michelin star meal with the little girl. Um. And they're having a discussion about why they don't call it gravy anymore. But then he says it's now cool to call it gravy again. So it is gravy, even though it didn't used to. Like I I didn't really follow that. And she's in, just in sat Yorkshire, there. In Yorkshire, it's always been gravy, and it yeah. always will be. We love us gravy. Here. Um. And then he comes out, and he, he after being told that because everyone's been acting weird with him in the kitchen because they all think he's a dickhead for not giving the day off. So he has you've to done, make done a poor cake. job of yeah. You've done a poor job of explaining what essentially happens is scene. Bradley Cooper goes in. People are being a bit weird with him in the kitchen, as as Jordan said. Um. And the reason for that is they all know that Sienna Miller's asked for the day off to spend with her daughter because it's a, a birthday. She then reveals that she's brought her daughter into work because. You don't want to leave a kid alone on their yeah. birthday. Um, I mean, she's five, so she shouldn't be alone really any any time. Yeah. But um, they then want a, they know she wants a cake, and Bradley Cooper's like, "No fucking cakes," <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. Um, and then in the end, you, this, this is the, the the one kind of a patch of humanity in the film when he, he softens a little bit and he says, "Right, okay, I'll make a cake," and then he makes this impeccable cake. Yeah, it looks fantastic, but she doesn't like the cake. <laughs> she, uh, but it's, I think mainly her reason for saying that is because obviously she's a young girl and she already knows that. Um, well, she knows because she calls him an ogre because obviously her mum's been talking about him at home and like described him as as that. Um, to, to you know, for for her understanding. So I think on purpose she says that the cake isn't the best cake that she's ever had. I think she says that he's an ogre and he goes, "Yeah, but I make great cakes." Is the quote? Yeah. Um, and then he has a piece of it and he's like, it sort of zooms out and he's obviously like eating the frosting, like really. I, I did I did write in my notes that the the scene is a bit weird towards the end because he doesn't really say anything. He's just I. And this five-year-old whilst licking his finger yeah, in front of him, which is a bit weird. Like, I, I did think... think the same, so we can't both be in that. Yeah, the, the 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 sentiment behind the scene and giving him a bit like humanizing him just a teeny tiny bit, and obviously because his background is that he had a rough childhood, so it's kind of reflecting in that in that scene. See, look, we we do break down cinema in like a like an essay like fashion sometimes on this podcast. Totally, we're like, <laughs> a, what's that guy called? Matt Comode. Yeah, <laughs> but. It, 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 yeah, the, the end of it. I I just thought, even though I get where they're coming from, again, this feels like it, it wasn't. It didn't quite hit the note it was meant to when they were doing it. But that's the only other really big, significant food scene. Um, on on YouTube when I was looking at it again, it was described as the best scene in Burnt, which I don't agree with at all. But um, that was the best the, scene is the the turbot scene. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that was that's only been uploaded eight months ago. So for whoever uploaded that eight months ago for this clip <laughs> that I've used. Thank you, because it, it's not there at all. Copyright that strike one, that incoming. One clip. I want to know how in the how in the hell does this guy make and ice a sponge cake in, in what that is time? An, an implied like thirty minutes? Yeah, when he's had to make it. Yeah, no. Well, there's no way is there unless they just have like some sort of generic cake chilling <laughs> somewhere. Which they, I mean, they wouldn't do right because it's a Michelin star place. No, so that's, yeah, that's another it's plot strange. Hole. Unless that girl's been sat there for ages, they've just been sending out like plate after plate after plate. It's some more gravy. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you got all else you want to talk about? Because we're we're coming into the the hot hour mark of this uh, no, podcast. I, I, I didn't think we'd get this far. To be I fair, I have no idea how we have spoken about. Still, though, what I will say is, one hour of us talking about burnt is still more entertaining than watching the film burnt. <laughs> but uh, one thing, I the one final point I did make is uh, just when you thought like it, it's turned the corner, right? It you think, oh yeah, this guy's actually he's all right. Okay, 
it kind of serves up the worst moral allegory in, I think, film history. Because it says, wow. like, the, the film tells you principally that what you should do is mistreat your mates, other people <laughs> will bail you out when you get in trouble, um, and you, you can be an arse for essentially your entire life, and that's going to be okay because you'll get three Michelin stars from two fucking nobodies. Even though technically you can't actually in real life carry those stars with you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like we said. It's like the anti-chef. The whole point of chef is he he's not there to impress these kind of aloof people who that you wants know, to do his food. own thing. Yeah, it's all it's all about an artistic artistic expression. This is sort of wanting to do that in a completely different direction that I don't like. Yeah, yeah, is what I would go with. I also said put my final. Uh, because I, I did actually make, I don't know, two paragraphs of notes this week. I'm impressed, guys. I, I put, um, film is so bad, not even Lara Croft can save it. <laughs> so she she turns up with about 20 minutes to go, Alicia Vikander, who, I mean, I, she, I, I, I'm not, um, I'm not averse to watching Alicia Vikander on screen. Mm. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not even she can, can save it. No, you know? no. No. Why is she even in it? I mean, she's just, she's in place. Oh, actually, she pays off his bail so he doesn't get beat yeah. to death. Yeah, which I don't understand why he never paid it off anyway. Yeah. It's just a conundrum, this film. I mean, you just don't, don't watch it, and we promise we'll do a much better film next time. Yes. <laughs> we might either. We'll either open it up to a vote, or maybe we'll 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 bash his heads together and come up with a couple of films, then we'll put a, a vote thing out on Twitter. <laughs> so you can still pick. A vote. A vote <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we didn't mention before we move on, to the end, that scene at the right at the beginning where he's explaining um, what what a Michelin star chef is um, when um, Lily James, who literally got shafted in this film, um, not like that. Um, I was going to say, well, I didn't see that version. She, what she only, were you watching? <laughs> she only says about three lines in it, but it's when um, he basically gets that guy oh, to work with him for free, which is ridiculous in itself, poor bloke, he gets absolutely abused for most of the film, um, where he's describing that, um, think of Luke Skywalker, but then think of like Alec Guinness, and that's like a two-star Michelin star. I was like, how the hell do you know who Luke Skywalker is, but you don't know who Obi-Wan is? But yeah, he, he mentions Alec Guinness by name as opposed to saying, no, but it's just to try and sound interesting, I think. Then they go Yoda, and she's like, oh, what if he's Vader? Um, they try and make him out to be some kind of comic relief, which really doesn't work. Yeah, but he hardly says anything else in the entire film. He just gets abused for the rest of the film. But yeah, uh, that's but that's he, my he final makes, bit. He, he makes sous chef though. In the oh, end. Yeah, at the end, eventually, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's my only sort of other thing. I, I forgot to mention it earlier. Um, but I totally agree with you about everything that you've said about this film. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't be bothered to add anything else to what you've said. So should we go to the outro? Let's... That's that's episode seven. And we've we've had a couple of you know, we've had two gaps other than that, but we've we've done pretty well, I think. And we're kinda of, kinda of getting into groove. I think what I need to do is hit you on a sugar day. <laughs> if I and, can. and not and can we watch a film that's decent? Yeah, I mean if I hit you on a sugar day and we get a film that's like iconic, then uh, we I think we're on like... a winner. I think that all of a sudden we'll go from um, you know, our also very thankful for the um according to the stats on anchor we've got 35 dedicated listeners and about 60 people that have listened or thereabouts in the past few weeks or, or something like that um so thanks hopefully you know tell your friends we <laughs> might get, get a few more if you've um, listened to a one hour long podcast like two complete amateurs about the movie Burnt, then you are a saint. You 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 should. Oh be yeah, yeah, totally. And Jack, I expect you to to say at the end. Um, I'll put like a random word. We'll say something really random at the end, and then you need to tweet it <laughs> to, just to confirm. <laughs> make, sure, make sure that you you watched it. You listened to it, Jack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, like we yeah, we'll get we'll get um, some sort of film where we can actually f- talk about scene, even if it's just one scene, because there is a lot of films that have only got one iconic food scene. We tend to get a, f- a few lengthy ones. So we might have a shorter episode that just focuses around one thing. We, you know what we should do? What we should do is a couple of episodes with movies with kind of smaller food scenes rather than just one entire film. I don't know. I'm 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 in the I'm hitting that sugar crash now. <laughs> he's slow. I'm slowly losing him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I guess say this every week. I, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. And again, I, I really don't understand why why this is a thing, but we've got to say it. So we're available wherever you can get your podcasts from. So I don't know how the hell you're listening to this right now, but you can listen to it wherever you want, and you can listen to it on whatever podcasting platform you choose to 
not in a, not in a public to toilet. Don't listen to it there. <laughs> I mean, you could do. If you you might get some good acoustics. I don't know. I don't know. You listen to it wherever you want, honestly, uh, and where everywhere. So if you want to flip from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, you do you. You do you. Uh, make sure though, if you do do that, that you subscribe or you follow, or whatever variation of that is on the platform that you have chosen. And if you have the opportunity to review us, particularly on Apple Podcasts, we're only taking five-star reviews. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we're having. Come on, man. No, um, we take anything more than, like, a, a toaster. Don't leave us a one-star review, for God's sake. Yeah, no, look, we, we, need, we need some sort of circulation. So you, one job for anyone listening is to, to tell other people. And your second job is to give us you look, you can just be one word that says great, full stop, five stars. It it'll it'll send us out in, into the world and hopefully one day it'll blow up and it'll be all because of you. That's right. I'm by talking we, by, talking by, to you. I'm talking to you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to you. I was gonna say by, by which time we will have run out of movies with booze. <laughs> but that's when we go on to TV shows and maybe oh we could maybe even go on to like battles between different characters that ate stuff. Look, we'll we'll we'll, we'll look if, okay. if you if you guys listen and we get the audience, we'll 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 wrangle this out somehow. We'll, get, <laughs> we'll keep it going. I'll keep it going until Beard kicks me out of Beard HQ. Let's put it that way. You can find us over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Movie Mouthfuls. I am the guy that sort of runs all of these and I, I do also have a full time job so it's mainly on twitter are you implying that i don't are yeah, well, you trying to say that i don't sucker well the other guy has a full-time job of, of eating stuff and he's a very busy man as the reason we've been off but anyway twitter is where you will get most of the information but i will also occasionally put up pictures and things on facebook if you choose to follow on there as well <laughs> um you can also find myself i'm gonna get some shit in a second but i'm gonna say it anyway you're gonna find me on twitter at the film fella underscore and you can also search for me on youtube the film fella i do film and tv reviews i say i do i haven't done it for about three months i've got a pearly cat i will go into more detail on my next video that i do and then i'm gonna hopefully be doing some reviews in the not too distant future because i enjoyed doing that but yeah i'll be back at some stage go on beard tell me tell <laughs> me that I'll every week back. Come on. <laughs> um beard if you are listening to this, it's probably because of him anyway. Nah. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Nah. <laughs> but um, obviously, socials. Do you want to tell people where you're at? Are you still not doing that? Nah. I'm, I, I, this disco <laughs> stew doesn't advertise. <laughs> Just at Beard Meets Food on several platforms, and uh, apart you know, from TikTok, I'm definitely not I, on there. I mean, he's on, I, he's on IMDb. I, yeah. I want to be on IMDb. Maybe I need to like pop up on some on on his channel and then maybe I don't know maybe someone can make like one one random factoid about me on IMDB <laughs> uh, the crazier the better if you fancy sending us any questions or you've got anything that you want to say to us you can either tweet us um, because we've just told you where we are on Twitter or you can chuck us an email um, if you want to be a bit more formal at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com um, that also implies to anyone that wants to sponsor the podcast <laughs> Ad- Adam hates it but I'm going to keep doing it because you know if we can give away free things and discounts and we can keep this going then why not eh? um if you want to support the podcast he's also going to hit this and um, you can find us on <laughs> patreon.com slash movie mouthfuls if you want to chuck us a quid just to keep the lights on in beard hq <laughs> i'm good I'm, I'm good with the eon people <laughs> the bill was like 40 quid this month it's nothing <laughs> well you know we could get another microphone we could get a guest because at the moment we've only got two <laughs> but you know all sorts of things we could do obviously times are tough so you don't have to but i'll mention it anyway as always big thank you to lee for all the music on the pod we will be back very soon but until then remember that if life all does go terribly wrong move to louisiana and shuck a million oysters to atone for your sins yeah and don't assault women or anyone for that matter yeah definitely don't assault women in the kitchen it's a bit cliche as well don't do it peace in a bit Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie.